The views and opinions expressed during this program do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of WHIO and Cox Media Group. This hour is sponsored by Sim Trainer. We want to put you on the WHIO payroll. I want to win so bad. Win $1,000 cash five times every weekday. Now you're talking. The WHIO payroll payout is sponsored by Saka, the Southern Ohio Chamber Alliance. Always looking out for the best interest of small business owners. You're on WHIO. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to today's live broadcast of Shooting from the Hip. I'm Mark Avery from Sim Trainer, the Dayton area's first indoor range and firearms training center. You can visit us on the web at sim-trainer.com, or you can call us at the range at area code 937-293-3914, or stop down and see us. Our range is located at 2031 Dryden Road, right across from the DPNL Maintenance Yard, now AES Ohio, and just south of the river. We'd be glad to discuss with you any of your firearms needs and interest. As I mentioned, this is a live show, so give us a call here at the studio at 937-457-1290. We would love to take your calls today. This, as I mentioned last week, is our last show before football season starts. So we do have at least one additional show that will happen between now and the middle of November, but this is a really great opportunity for you to get in, share your thoughts on things that are going on right now. I'd love to take your call. Again, it's area code 937-457-1290 and talk to our broadcast professional producer and let us know what you'd like to talk about. This has been quite a week. Um, in Afghanistan, uh, we, we lost about 100 lives, uh, including Marines, Navy medic, and civilians. It's important and it's horrifying but it's also a shiny object that kind of draws everyone's attention. Thousands are fleeing Afghanistan and the iron-fisted rule of the Taliban. But that also means that it gives the, the terrorist element an opportunity to hide in that exiting crowd and potentially enter uh, other countries that are offering safe havens. Uh, we're just now two weeks from the 20th year since terrorists with similar ideology attacked this country in 2001. And these zealots often focus on significant dates as a target for other actions. So I would encourage everyone to stay aware, stay alert, um, be uh, aware of what's going on around, and, and, and don't let things slide. If you see something that, that raises uh, some concerns, don't just dismiss it as something that um, yeah, it's probably okay. It might be okay, and in, and in fact, it probably is okay. But don't just automatically dismiss things that you see that might be concerning. And instead, report that uh, activity or whatever it is that's, that you noticed and report that to authorities and let them investigate as necessary to uh, take whatever actions to set up guards or protections or to potentially um, add information to an ongoing investigation that none of us already know about. So I just... I look at what happened over the last week, and and it's tragic, it's painful. As someone who served in the military, although not in combat overseas, uh, it just pains me to see the way things have gone over the last couple of weeks, especially during this last week, uh, and the loss of life and 
the new families who have now entered that that gold star realm and have lost family members who will never come home, uh, never be there for their kids or their parents or um, uh, their brothers and sisters. It's it's tragic. It is painful. It's hard to even talk about. And so I'm not going to talk about it much more unless somebody has something that they want to add to that. And like I mentioned, uh, it's a live show. We'd love to get your calls at 937-457-1290 if there's something about this or something else that you'd like to talk about. I'd really like to get your input on that and to give you an opportunity to share your thoughts. Um, this has been a busy week in a lot of other ways, but the the fact that the media attention is so clearly focused on what went on in Afghanistan and what is continuing to go on in Afghanistan means that we also run the risk of not paying attention to other things that could be going on. Um, one thing that has happened, I don't think it deserves a whole lot of attention unless you were planning to go. Uh, the NRA canceled the annual meeting. This is the uh, 150th annual meeting of the National Rifle Association. Uh, it was canceled this week. Uh, the, uh, the NRA released a statement that basically said due to COVID and concerns about the increased numbers of COVID infections in uh, Houston, that uh, they have decided to cancel the annual meeting. Um, and the cancellation applies to everything that was scheduled in Houston, and they're going to provide additional information uh, regarding a rescheduled date for the annual meeting of members, which is off, which is always a part of the uh, annual meeting and and uh, and exposition. The the great big event that happens associated with most of that is not related to the annual meeting, but the annual meeting is something that is as an association has to happen. And there will be a rescheduled for that. My guess, although they haven't said anything, my guess is that it'll probably be handled online and uh, it might just be streamed and people can watch. Uh, I don't know how that's going to happen, but we'll see. Uh, they, they are saying that the, the reason it's that the NRA's top priority well, was ensuring the health and well-being of the members, staff, sponsors and supporters. And, uh, we're, and uh, it's, it's hard for me because... This was the 150th anniversary. I was looking forward to going down there. On the other hand, I also didn't plan on driving down, and I wasn't likely to fly down there. Um, and I and I think that uh, that there are there are possibly some other issues that may have driven some of why the NRA decided to cancel that event. Um, there's no doubt that the COVID-19 and the increase in, uh, in the number of infections in the Houston area, especially given the uh, basically uncontrolled border just to the south, uh, where we have people coming across the border that uh, many of whom have already been uh, identified as having been infected, but they're not tested before they come in and they're allowed to come in anyway. Uh, that certainly has uh, some impact in the in the total number of infections that they're seeing in the Houston area, but uh, I think it it's very likely that there was more to it than that. You may have remembered some of the discussions we've had about problems within the National Rifle Association and things that are going on inside the headquarters. Uh, a court case uh, where the NRA basically lost their bid to uh, dissolve under under uh, Chapter 11 bankruptcy provisions and avoid any potential prosecution uh, or a, a potential lawsuit from the uh, New York Attorney General's office that is charging the NRA with having done some things that it turns out 
Uh, there, there were some things that have been going on inside the NRA that are not what they should be. They have not been fiduciarily responsible for the funds of the association. There's money that was spent uh, by people for personal uh, activities and expenses that were not justified as expenses of the organization. Uh, and some of these things came out, things that have been hidden for many years, things that have been suspected, but until they were required to actually uh, testify in court and provide sworn statements and uh, under oath, uh, some of this information has not been available. Uh, and, and now that it has come out, there's been a, there's been a, a lot of uh, speculation as to what might happen next. There, have, there is a faction of people within the NRA board who have been asking for uh, the, the release of the executive vice president, Wayne LaPierre. There are apparently more members on the board who are standing behind him and supporting him and, and wanting him to stay in that position. Um, as a result... Uh, nothing really has happened, at least uh, anything significant that would change the uh, the way that the NRA has has moved and is moving forward. There's likely things that are going on behind the scenes. Obviously, I don't have a lot of insight into what that would be. Uh, and there's a there's a lot of information that is not being released. And people who have even left the National Rifle Association board are not able to speak about it or at least unwilling to speak about it, uh, either because of. Uh, non-disclosure agreements or other potential uh, any uh, risk of liability for uh, legal action from the NRA against those individuals. So a, a lot of the information has been closely held. Um, we had ordinarily, we, we would have planned a trip down to, in this case, Houston to attend the meeting. Uh, we're, we're not going. Uh, obviously, uh, this week now we're not going because the event has been canceled, but we had already made a decision within the, the last uh, week or so before that not to bother to drive on down there uh, or fly down there and try to get a room or a place to stay. And I really feel for the businesses in the area, the hotels and restaurants have taken a huge hit just because of the reduced amount of travel uh, due to COVID-19 restrictions, people not being allowed to travel. And then even when they were, uh, there's a lot of travel that just is being canceled and a lot of people aren't going to some places that they might ordinarily go. And as a result, uh, the restaurants and the hotels have taken a huge hit. I know there are some who have gone out of business and probably will never be able to restart their business as a result of the financial damage they suffered um, I think that's tragic, and I would love to have been able to go down and support some of those activities, some of those businesses, um, but I wasn't willing to go down to to be a part of that event, given all of the turmoil within the National Rifle Association. I know there are many people who have allowed their memberships to lapse, and although we encourage you to be a member and to renew your membership, uh, just for, if for no other reason, all of the things that are going on right now around gun control, the National Rifle Association is still the preeminent defender of the Second Amendment and keeping track of what's going on in Congress and in the state legislatures to ensure that we, the membership, know what's going on and can weigh in when our uh, input is needed to divert some bad things from happening or to encourage good things to happen at the national level. I've seen very little in the good that's been going on, and there's certainly many things that I would consider to be negative, uh, that, that things that need to be stopped. And fortunately, it looks like a lot of them have been stopped. 
the nomination of David Chipman, for example, to head the ATF is has apparently going nowhere, and that's a good thing in my opinion. Uh, he's certainly been uh, uh, has has example has example of the way he has uh, the positions he's taken and the activities that he has participated in would indicate that he is not a friend of gun owners, and he sees the ATF as a way to make it more difficult for law-abiding citizens to exercise their right to keep and bear arms. And I I think that's wrong. I just don't think that uh, that's the role of the ATF. I know there are a lot of people who see the ATF as a pariah organization. I I really don't. Um, If if there's anything about what they do that is uh, evil or wrong, it's primarily because they're upholding laws that are wrong and should never have been passed in the first place, in my opinion. Um, and, and unfortunately today, you're probably going to hear a lot of my opinion because there are, there's a lot of things that are going on that uh, we don't have all the facts about. And so, and I'm, I'm here. And <laughs> if you'd like to share your opinion, call the studio at 457-1290, and I'd love to hear what you think about it as well. Um, but the, the National Rifle Association has been through a lot of difficulty. Uh, there have been a, a lot of things that have come out that are, that are problems. And was it all due to the fact of COVID? Yeah, maybe. There was, I think that was probably a good excuse, a, a, certainly a publicly acceptable reason to say, hey, we're going to cancel this. It's going to cost them a tremendous amount in terms of canceling events at the last minute like that. Uh, there's, there's all kinds of uh, expenses that are associated with setting up something on the magnitude of the National Rifle Association annual convention that uh, that those are funds that won't get back. And some of those are going to go to hotels, which, frankly, I'm okay with. Um, there were also several of the, uh, of the vendors who would ordinarily have large booths on the exhibit floor who had already said that they were canceling. Again, for the most part, the uh, reason that they gave was because of COVID. But I suspect there, was, there may have been more to it than that. Uh, I don't have anything to back that up. But if you have something, give us a call at 937-457-1290. I need to take my first break for the hour. But again, that number is 937-457-1290. Would love to take your call. This is Mark Avery for Shooting from the Hip on 1290 and 95.7 WHIO, Dayton's News and Talk. It's an Ask the Expert weekend on Dayton and Springfield's 24-hour news, weather, and traffic station. 1290 and 95.7 WHIO, Dayton's News and Talk. It's our Ask the Expert weekend on the Miami Valley Radio Station with breaking news, weather, and traffic. 1290 and 95.7 WHIO, Dayton's News and Talk. Welcome back to the show. This is Mark Avery for Shooting from the Hip. I would encourage you, if you have something that you'd like to talk about, to call the studio at 937-457-1290. This is our last show before football season starts, so uh, we'll be out most of the time between now and the middle of November. If you have an issue that you'd like to discuss or a question you'd like to ask, please call in. I'd love to take your call today. Um, we do have a call in line, and I'll get to in just a minute. One of the things that I wanted to talk about was something else that happened this week uh, that th- that happened in California, which uh, I personally I'm not moving out there. But uh, the way that things go sometimes in California often is the uh, is, is the the beginning of the crack that allows the gun control community to test things out and to try uh, to in- improve or increase their their restrictions on the right to keep and bear arms. And one of those is that uh, San Jose has uh, added an insurance mandate 
to make it easier for police to seize guns. Uh, the mayor, Sam Licciardo, uh, I'm not sure that's how it's pronounced. It might be Licardo. Uh, it reiterated his support for the city's recently approved gun control ordinances that would require gun owners to purchase liability insurance and pay an annual fee to cover the public costs of gun violence. Um, Again, we're focusing on the wrong issues here, but you may have heard things like that before. Those are some of the proposals that have come out from the Biden administration requiring an annual license or annual um, liability insurance in order to to uh, for gun owners just for the the right of exercising or the ability in this case privilege of exercising their right to keep and bear arms they have to purchase insurance uh, again they've said how much they think it'll cost they haven't said what it'll who's going to provide it or where you get it or any other aspects uh, regarding it so. I think that's a problem, and the fact that it is now already in place in one location, uh, the first is in San Jose, just outside of uh, San Francisco in California, and that is, uh, I think that's a problem. I think that's one of those things that uh, when that happens, uh, that is just that, you know, that crack in the door that would allow the government to say, okay, see, well, it's worked here, so we're going to, um, we're going, we're going to move forward on that. All right, let me jump out to the phones and talk to Duke, who's calling in. Duke, welcome to the show. Hey, Mark, appreciate you taking my call. Um, you, may, yeah, you made a comment earlier, kind of defending the ATF, and, man, I believe everybody's entitled to their opinions, and I disagree with you a little bit. I'm a retired 22-plus-year combat vet, and while there's nobody that works for the taxpayer like the military with regard to the expected sacrifices and with the oath we take, I do think that anybody paid by the taxpayers, especially at the federal level, has an implicit duty to defend the Constitution. And the thing about ATF, you got to enforce bad laws like the NFA and 68 Gun Control Act and all that, and I get that. And that does fall on the legislature and on the American people for how we interact with the legislature. But when you have the ATF trying, trying to ban bump stocks, going after rare breed with their fast reset trigger, trying to go after 80%, and homemade guns, um, trying to redefine all the parts of a firearm. Hey, that's not them enforcing bad law. That's those folks, and, and they got a lot of smart folks on weapons there. They know that a bump stock does not create a machine gun. They know that 80% firearms for hobbyists are not, well, number one, they're not a violation of the Second Amendment, but they're certainly not any kind of factor in gun crime, which, or just you know crimes that people happen to use guns. So the ATF, they're not just, oh, painted into a corner by the legislature. They actively go out to restrict the Second Amendment. And they have enough expertise. They should be defending the Constitution and the people in their role, and they should be advising Congress that's a bad law. That's not going to do what you think it is. Hey, suppressors don't need to be covered. NFA 34 was wrong, and that should be fixed. But that's my opinion on them. And, and you know, frankly, um, I don't disagree with anything that you've just said. Um, I do think that that perhaps, uh, especially lately, and by lately I mean since uh, the former president, President Trump, was the one who pushed for the bump stocks to be redefined, and they found a way to do that, which I completely agree was outside of constitutionality. And in fact, some of the court cases 
that are still working through the courts seem to back that position up, that what they did there was wrong. Again, with taking 80 percent firearms or even the way that it's defined, some of uh, the way they're defining a, a receiver, it could be just a bare stock of metal that could be machined into a receiver for a firearm and that therefore that has to be regulated. Again, I completely agree that that is overreach. That is completely outside the bounds of what they are supposed to be doing. But I think that there's also and I and you mentioned this, that there there are there are laws that are wrong that need to get fixed and they're not going to be able to do that. I think you're right. They should testify on behalf of repealing some of that legislation in order to um, to support the Constitution, which they swore an oath to, as well as those lawmakers who are making uh, those laws also swore an oath to support and defend that same Constitution. And and I appreciate that. And along those lines, you know, where we both agree, hey, these guys have resident expertise within the federal government. It's recognized expertise, and I think their tech branch actually does have a lot of expertise. They do indeed. But my question is this, and it's not to paint you in a box or anything, but I can't recall any time that the ATF has gone forward in front of, of Congress, and obviously they have to be called by somebody sitting there, and, and I get that, but I can't recall any time they've gone forward, or even when they provided expert uh, testimony in any kind of legal case, I've never seen it reported across the, you know, the gun world, gun magazines, whatever, where they've gone out wholeheartedly against bad law, where they've gone out to clarify and said, hey, no, that's not an illegal weapon. Hey, you're trying to make, you're, you're, you're trying to stretch a definition, and that's incorrect. You know, I, I fully agree. Yeah, Trump was wrong. I think he had some bad advisors on that one. But again, I didn't see where the ATF stood up and said, hold on, Mr. President, we're part of the executive. We work for you. And listen, this is not this is not a problem. This is dead in the water. This doesn't change the mechanical function of the weapon. And and and, and I ask that sincerely. Can you think of any example where the ATF has gone to bat for the two A or the people, as opposed to sitting there and helping further restrict um, our rights? Off the top of my head, no, I can't. And I and again, I I think you're absolutely right in in that concern and and recognizing that. They do have a duty. They have the expertise. They ought to cut completely straight. And they ought not to be putting their thumb on the scale on one side or the other. And although they do, to some extent, work for the people who hired them and the, the, that which makes it all the more important why David Chipman absolutely must not be confirmed as director of the ATF. Duke, thanks very much for calling the show. I need to take a break and head out into the news. I have a couple other callers on the line that we'll get to after the break. This is Mark Avery for Shooting from the Hip on 1290 and 95.7 WHIO, Dayton's News and Talk. It's an Ask the Expert weekend on Dayton and Springfield's 24-hour news, weather, and traffic station, 1290 and 95.7 WHIO, Dayton's News and Talk. It's our Ask the Expert weekend on the Miami Valley radio station with breaking news, weather, and traffic. 1290 and 95.7 WHIO, Dayton's News and Talk. Welcome back to the show. You're listening to Shooting from the Hip. And uh, if you would like to be part of this show, I would encourage you to call. This is our last show before the uh, football season starts. And so then we'll be in and out after that, mostly out. Uh, if you'd like to get in on this show, please call the studio at 937-457-1290, and we'll take your call, like I'm about ready to do right now and talking to Brendan, calling from Xenia. Brendan, welcome to the show. Hey, Mark. Thanks for having me on the show. 
Um, just wanted to, I had a question for you, and I also uh, just wanted to say something as well. Um, I actually took uh, for years uh, classes there at Sim Trainer. Uh, all your handgun classes, I took your CCW classes actually the day I turned uh, 21. And, <laughs> Outstanding. Uh, been a big, uh, I'm sorry? Outstanding. Yeah, so I've uh, just been a big proponent of uh, training in firearms. And, you know, at the time, I never really thought I would get into anything, you know, just as much as any other citizen would, any kind of situation with uh, where I would actually have to use my firearm. But um, unfortunately, uh, back in probably 2018, 2019, I was in working for an organization, and we, we were uh, working in some really you know, rough parts of Dayton there, and um, and I was basically my job was you know uh, to keep it short and simple. I was going from house to house, uh, basically a halfway house, and it was late at night, um, and probably uh, I was I was locking up I was locking up one of the houses uh, as I walked out. Um, all of a sudden, I heard a car come speeding by, uh, come to a halt, and started firing. Uh, and I was right on the front porch, right there. And I mean, I would have never thought I would have been in a situation like that. But instantly, I, I started actually coming to Sim Trainer when I was about 12 years old, uh, up to when I was probably 18 or 19, then came back to the CCW class. But all that training, you know, I kind of thought I would just kind of freeze up in the situation. But I'm telling you, the reason I'm calling and saying this is because for all the listeners out there, it's so important to have training because instantly, I don't even know how, but instantly my training from Sim Trainer kicked in right away. And one of the things I did was, you know, thank God there was, uh, it was a very old house, a duplex, and there were lots of brick, you know, in the front, brick, big brick pillars. And my first thought was to get behind cover, concealment, and, uh, pull my firearm and you know even even out to the stance everything just came out the exact way I was trained there at sim trainer and I'm just so thankful for all the training I had there because had I not had that training you know I don't know what I would have done would I freeze would I you know uh just I I think I probably would have just frozen but my training instantly kicked in and then ever since then just years passed I just been telling everybody you know if you go get your ccw you know actually do some good training because you know you don't want to just be going to this class for a couple hours and just leave it at that because you know just a couple of hours of training it might get you somewhere but i don't think it's going to get you as far as you need to be if you were actually in a situation you know like i was in so i just want to thank you guys so much for your uh commitment to training and uh just what a great job you guys do in simulating real reality uh, in, in your in your training classes, handguns level one through five, and basic handgun level everything. Uh, it's just been great, and so I just wanted to share that with you. Um, you know, regarding that situation, um, I also had a question though uh, regarding you know laws of CCW as well, um, because in that job I uh, am riding around uh, with a partner basically um and, and one of the guys that we ride around with he is uh well he's got a he's got a felony on his record and it was actually after that incident that my boss kind of pulled me aside being that i was the one involved uh in the incident and you know he had 
asked me if he knew that I carried a firearm, but he didn't know that I necessarily carried it at work. It was kind of a hush hush. Don't, you know, don't, don't ask, don't tell kind of thing. And, you know, he kind of said, well, you know, as far as I know, the laws state that if you, if there is a felon with you in the car, like a felon can't be in a car with a firearm, regardless of who owns the firearm. As far as I knew from what I was taught there at Sim Trainer, if I, if it's my firearm in my vehicle and he just happens to be riding with me, there shouldn't be any kind of, he shouldn't be held, he shouldn't be held liable for that. Neither would I. And that's my thoughts, but I don't know if that's 100% correct. Yeah, that, that is exactly my understanding. Uh, that as long as the firearm is in your control and maintained in your control and he does not have access to it, that there's no problem on his part, which is where there would be a problem, and there's certainly no problem on your part for because you would have to provide access to him in order for there to be any problem. And, and the only reason there would be a problem there is because you have a reason to know that he is a prohibited person, that he has a firearms disability. Uh, in the In the general case where... There's two people, and one of them has a firearm, and the other one is the only one who knows he is not eligible to possess a firearm. Again, that would, that if the person doesn't have a reason to know that, that wouldn't be on the person who has the firearm. But even then, providing a firearm to someone that you don't know is obviously a bad idea. Right, right. Okay, yeah, that, that helps. You know, I just wasn't sure if that was the case. You know, it's always on my person, and so I'm kind of leaving it a, you know, a, a uh, just a don't ask, don't tell situation, but uh, yeah, I kind of figured that was it, and I didn't want to, I didn't want to make the decision to disarm myself, knowing, you know, what I what what I had been through, you know, in the past there. Sure. So I just wanted to to verify that, and again, just say thank you for what you guys do. Well, Brendan, I, I really appreciate your call, and thank you very much for the kind words. I'm I'm glad that uh, you felt that you you were better prepared for a situation that none of us hope to be in, but hope that we will survive regardless of uh, what the situation may turn out to be. And the fact that uh, that we have provided you with training that you believe helped uh, you survive that situation, I'm just really, really glad that, that, that we had the opportunity to do that. And thank you very much for calling the show. Absolutely. Uh, well, I mean... Uh, <laughs> Thanks. I, I just I'm I'm almost speechless, and that doesn't happen very often. Um, that that is such a um, a tragic situation, and yet it came out well. And obviously, Brendan survived that, uh, which you know that that's the best we can hope for. Uh, and in fact, the best possible outcome in a situation like this, where nobody is seriously injured or killed, uh, it's unfortunate that there that there are people who think that they should just drive up and fire at people randomly, whether it's someone they know or someone they don't, uh, that this is an appropriate way to deal with any kind of a situation. It, clearly it's not. Um, but the fact that, uh, that Brandon had had the, the kind of training that he had and that he immediately kicked in uh, to action to defend himself uh, by hiding behind something that would stop bullets, that's what cover is. Uh, concealment would be something that can hide you visually, but it wouldn't stop a bullet. And quite frankly, getting cover in most places is pretty rare. There's just not that much around that will stop bullets unless you have, like he described, uh, stone pillars or uh, something like that. So, uh, Brandon, again, thanks very much for calling the show.
Um, I would like to mention in kind of the context of what he was saying is that um, our advanced handgun series completed this week. And the next series is not yet up on our website, but it should be in the next week or so. So if you're interested in moving to that next level with your defensive handgun skills, this series is a great way to do that. Uh, we do cover the response in the in the fifth handgun class. That, that's the, the last of the five classes in the series. The, that's the spontaneous assault class. And that's where we cover some of the things that, uh, that Brendan was talking about. Uh, responding to the immediate... Uh, and spontaneous result of a violent encounter. And how do you do that? What do you do? Moving to cover, uh, being able to shoot around cover. We cover that in in some of the other classes as well. So if you're interested in that, go to our website at sim-trainer.com. Uh, look for, under the classes, the, con- the advanced handgun series. And uh, the other possibility, of course, is to go to our website and sign up for the email list because when we have new series of classes posted, we always uh, send out an email to let people know who are interested in that, and that series is a great way to do that. Um, I'll talk more about some of the op- other opportunities at Sim Trainer, but before that, I first want to go out to talk to Jim, who's calling from Centerville. Jim, welcome to the show. Hello. Hi, Jim. Uh, what did you want to talk about today? This is Mark on Shooting from the Hip. Mark Avery? Yes. Uh Mark, I I took your uh, CCW class uh, a few years ago. Thank you. And it it was uh, at night, about four days. Okay. That was been a few years ago because uh, we haven't, we we now do that in two days and cut the class content about in half when the, when the uh, minimum length of the, of the class for the state of Ohio dropped to eight hours. But um, thank you very much. What, uh, what did you want to share about that? Uh, just excuse me, I, I wanted to uh, take uh, my hearing aid out of my ear. Okay. But uh, I, uh, I'm, I, 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 I'm a life member of the NRA, and that I, it cost me about $365. That's been several years ago. Okay, that's that's probably a uh, a senior membership. That's kind of the, the kind I have also. Mm-hmm. Okay, and uh, I was, uh, and uh, I'd I'd like to. Uh, well, right now I'm on a disability retirement. I see. And uh, but I I would still like to, uh, but I I'm. I'm I'm not a felon or anything like that. Okay. And I, I'm safe to own a gun, I'm sure. But uh, the uh, I'm safe to own a gun and carry a concealed weapon, I'm sure. Okay. Well, if is there something that we can help you with in that regard? Um, if if again, I was just talking about some of the advanced training that we have available. Although those classes haven't been scheduled yet, they'll be coming up next month. Okay, but uh, and uh, but I was uh, yeah I I'd like to uh, I'd like to uh, be able to carry a concealed weapon again and drive a car again. Okay, but right now I can't do it. I see. And uh, I, I I'm living in in the nursing home here in Centerville. Okay. 
Bethany Village. And so is that is this uh, something that you're expecting um, that through therapy and rehabilitation you'll be uh, back out on your own again soon? Well, I'd, uh, I'd like to, and as I said, I'm, I'm not a criminal. Sure. I have, have a perfect record. And, uh, but uh, a, a, a doctor gave me a, uh, well, uh, I, maybe I shouldn't mention his name. No, probably not, but that's okay. But uh, I'd like to, uh, I, I'd like, as soon as as possible, I, I would like to get back uh, to driving a car again and carrying a concealed weapon. I had a concealed weapon first in 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 South Dakota uh, CCW permit in in uh, South Dakota. Well, Jim, I I wish you all the best in that uh, rehabilitation process, and uh, hope that you'll be able to do that soon. Thanks very much for calling the show. Uh, I would like to mention a couple other things before uh, we get to this break, and that is that um, if you're interested yourself in getting a concealed handgun license, uh, our next basic handgun class is on Sunday afternoon, September 5th, from 2 to 6 p.m., and then the next concealed carry class is on the following weekend, Saturday, September 11th, from 9 a.m. to 6 p.m. So you can get both of those classes. Each of those classes cost $100, but you can get both classes plus a three-month membership to the range, plus the use of our firearms for the classes if you get the training pass. So the training pass is $200, which would be the normal cost for the two classes. But then you, when you get the training pass, you also get that ability to come back to the range and practice those skills that you've learned for three months after you take the basic handgun class. So it's not from when you sign up for the class, but from when you actually take the class. That's when we activate your membership, and then you can come back and use a lane at the range uh, to to practice the skills that you've learned, work on some of the drills that we give you, uh, work on those basic fundamentals, the grip, the side alignment, and the trigger control necessary for you to be able to place an accurate shot. All of those things get covered along with the the basic um, administrative procedures for actually handling the firearm in our basic handgun class. Again, that's September 5th from 2 to 6 p.m. And then our next concealed carry class the following weekend from Saturday, on Saturday, September 11th from 9 a.m. to 6 p.m., uh, and again, you just contact the range at an, uh, at um, on our website at sim-trainer.com to sign up for those classes, and then call the range at two nine three three nine one four area code nine three seven. And uh, in fact, you could do that right now if you want. And the range is still open for about ten minutes, and then we'll get you signed up for those classes uh, in at the beginning of next month. All right, I need to take my last break for the hour, but I would encourage you, if you're interested in getting in on this show, to give us a, stu- a call at the studio at 457-1290, area code 937-457-1290. This is Mark Avery for Shooting from the Hip on 1290 and 95.7 WHIO, Dayton's News and Talk. It's an Ask the Expert weekend on Dayton and Springfield's 24-hour news, weather, and traffic station, 1290 and 95.7 WHIO, Dayton's News and Talk. It's our Ask the Expert weekend on the Miami Valley radio station with breaking news, weather, and traffic. 1290 and 95.7 WHIO, Dayton's News and Talk. Welcome back to the show, and I've got loaded phone lines, so let's jump right out there again and try to get as many as we can before the end of the show. This, uh, Michael, uh, Mike uh, and Troy, give, uh, welcome to the show. Yes, sir. 
What can we do for you today? I just got a couple uh, of minutes, so we want to get through as uh, yeah. many as we can. I was just wanting to, uh, to make a comment that I think would be a good idea of people. They talk about they don't like people getting guns in the wrong hands and stuff. If you, uh, if they would have a state law that you could get a card, uh, go up to the police department or the sheriff department, they do a background check on you showing that you are legally allowed to own a firearm, no criminal history. They would issue you a card. You could put that card in your billfold, and anybody that wants to own a firearm or has a firearm, they don't need to keep a record. It just shows that you passed a background check. I think that's probably a good idea. We call that currently a concealed handgun license in the state of Ohio. Once you got that license, that card allows you to purchase a firearm without any additional background check. And then the other background checks that are done, those the information on those is not retained by uh, the FBI when that information is done. I know there's some people that don't believe that, but... Uh, we've got lots of evidence to support that. I don't really have time to get into now. But, Mike, thanks very much for calling the show. Let's go talk to uh, Michael, who's calling from Dayton. Michael, welcome to the show. Uh, thank you. Go ahead. The question is, sure. Um, if you have a CCW license and you let it expire, you haven't got to renew, how long uh, is it good for before, you know, Right. If you can renew your Ohio concealed handgun license at any time, uh, there's no additional training or anything else required. You just go to you fill out the application and go to your sheriff's office that where you're going to renew with your original license with you and you can renew your license. Uh, there are there's no other. Uh, th- I mean, that that is good forever for you to be able to renew your license. Okay, uh, you you can't do it online or no. There's no you have to you have to submit the application. You can go to our website at sim-trainer.com and go to the concealed carry class description where you can get a copy of the application that you can download and fill in, and then you take that application along with your license and your form of payment to the sheriff's office, and they will do the process to get you uh, a renewed concealed handgun license. Michael, thanks very much for calling the show. Let's go out and talk to Ricky in Fairborn. Ricky, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for taking my call. I'll be quick. I know you're about out of time. I have a quote from the Russian newspaper Pravda. Says, <laughs> okay. Do not be fooled by a belief that progressives slash leftists hate guns. Oh, no, they do not. What they hate is guns in the hands of those who are not marching in lockstep of their ideology. They hate guns in the hands of those who think for themselves and do not obey without question. They hate guns in those whom they have slated for a barrel to the back of the ear. That's uh, and, that's pretty telling, isn't it? Yes, it is, sir. Yes, it is. And I was um, I was a weapon systems technician in the 101st Airborne on the Cobra and the Apache, and uh, you know I understand that completely. So. Thank you very much for your service. I appreciate that. I appreciate your service also and what you guys are doing uh, to protect our Second Amendment and all of our other rights. So I, will, I know you're short on time, so I will leave you to your comments. Thank you, sir. Ricky, thank you very much for calling the show. Let's jump out and, uh, and try to get John in from Centerville. John, welcome to the show. John, are you there? I'm not hearing him, so um, I'm afraid we might have lost John. Um, well, listen, folks, this has been a great show, and I really appreciate all the calls, especially at the last the last uh, portion of the show. Again, we will be back in about three weeks. Uh, I think we have a show, and then we'll be off for that. However, if there's a game that gets canceled, we may have a show then or uh, or delayed. I mean, with COVID, things, uh, there's a lot of things that are getting canceled as a result of that. So we'll try to be available to do those shows when we can. 
And if you, again, if you have any questions or comments, you can always contact us through our website at sim-trainer.com. Go to the contact tab and then uh, send us an email. Uh, our next introduction class called First Shots is going to be on Saturday, October 2nd from noon to 3. If you're interested, that's open from uh, ages 10 and up. So it's a great way to get started. It's a great activity. Thanks very much for being part of the show today. This is Mark Avery for Shooting from the Hip on 1290 and 95.7 WHIO, Dayton's News and Talk. WHIO Dayton, WHIO FM, Pleasant Hill, a Cox Media Group station from the CJSHeatingAndAir.com studios. You call, we come, it's fixed.